You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Leanne and I were just talking about like the book club and stuff. We were trying to figure out which book we want to do next and bring it back and fall because like we had such a good time. And she was like, ask, let's ask Dana what she's read because you're always reading and commenting on that stuff. Um, right now I'm reading The Four Agreements. Oh my God, I've read The Four Agreements. You have? It's a very short book. I think it's like less than 100 pages. It's very, um, very practical for what's going on right now with everything, like everything in the world too. So, What part of it? is like standing out the most. I saw you posted like a sequence of things. I didn't realize that was the, those are the agreements. Yeah. So you want me to just read the, like the, the yeah. process. Okay. So the first agreement is be impeccable with your words. Second one, don't take anything personally. Third one, don't make assumptions. <laughs> Fourth one, always do your best. So it's pretty much just about how everything we know is because someone told us. We know about God because that's what someone told someone. We call this a piece of paper because someone said that's a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. everything that we know is already programmed from when we were little. And it's, you know, just kind of about, about doing your own research, making your own connections with things. So. Wow. I really That's so hilarious. Kala, <laughs> did you pay attention to the first? Yeah. I, I say it again. <laughs> Cause I just started hearing it. And I just felt like a punch in the gut with each one. Be impeccable with your words. That's what you were just talking about with the holding space. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so true. We were literally two minutes ago, Kala <laughs> was like, I say this phrase, holding space all the time, and I didn't know why. And then she read this quote, and she was like, I need to, I need to figure out why I say these things. And then yeah. you're like, okay, the first agreement's be impeccable with your words. That's so funny, because that term holding space, I read something today, and this is what mm-hmm. I was talking about, is... Um, when you hold space with someone, that's the difference between like transformation and challenge. That's where you get to really sit in the education and the wisdom and just figure it out and grow together. Yeah. And instead of fighting, yeah. Instead of competing against each other. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm all in on holding, holding space right now. (laughs) So thank you for sharing space with us Mm -hmm. and holding space with us today. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm excited. We're just talking about books. And I wanted to know, is there a standout book that you've read in your life that has helped you change your thoughts or your, your life in any way? No, I really can't say that I have. I mean, mm-hmm. I've read a lot of books and each one has helped me in some way, but I really have not found that one book that really, I don't know. But I am doing a lot of research right now, so my eyes are like this, so mm-hmm. that might change <laughs> What are you researching right now? Everything that's going on in the world. I mean, everything, not just surface of Mm -hmm. what's being shown on TV, everything. So where do you start? Yeah, that's a great question. Where do you start with that? Um, A lot of it is just watching stuff online and then connecting the dots and and looking at looking at my own research. You want me to give you an example, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) I love examples. <laughs> All right. So I believe that a lot of what's going on right now has to do with George Soros and millionaires behind what's going on. I don't think that uh, what happened was an accident at all with George Floyd. 
that you're talking about George Floyd. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it was an accident at all. I think there's a bigger picture here. And I think that people are being used and race is being used to fuel something bigger. Wow. So. I kind of think that's always been the case a little bit. Not, mm-hmm. not that it's being used, but money and like power the- control everything type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do. People take advantage of people in vulnerable situations. Absolutely. I mean, I have many friends of color. I am of color myself. It doesn't look like it because I have blue eyes and I'm not something that, you know, I need to talk about or feel like I have to defend. But I do know that the movement Black Lives Matter is run by George Soros and he controls a lot of the government. So who is um, he? I'm so naive. I'm like, break it down to the basics for me. He is a multi-billionaire. He owns almost all of the United States major companies. I mean, I can send you guys some stuff and you can look into it yourself, but he runs Antifa. You can go to George Soros' website and you can be paid to be a protester. Wow. You know what? Clayton showed me this thing he saw on, um, maybe it was YouTube, but it was a guy that was sharing his screen and it was showing him clicking through the Black Lives Matter website. And essentially it takes you to like GoFundMes for all the Democratic candidates. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every single Democratic party did not want to, Democratic state in, or town did not want to send in the National Guard. So that, that's where I am on this. I mean, like I said, I have many friends of color. I have kept up my contact with them. They, we're all still talking. I, I just, I can't go out there and hold up that sign that says Black Lives Matter because I know who's really behind it. And it's not, you know, the people that are out there. So, and I know, I, I know that the rioting, I know what's, I know that the rioting is not the people that are out there supporting George Floyd or the others. I know that the people out there, most of the people out there rioting are Antifa. They are put there. They're coming from other states. So, I mean, there's bricks that are being, piles of bricks that are being left on the sides of the street. My husband had some thrown through his office in downtown Dallas. Really? Just mm-hmm. piles, why are piles of bricks being just delivered? You know, that's yeah. not the people that are there marching peacefully. You know, it's two separate groups right now that are out there. And a lot of people don't understand that and see that. And as a white woman, if I say anything about that, then I'm racist. Right. So, which is why I haven't said anything about that. You know, I, ha- I have, you know, and I do have, I have African-American friends that I talk with right now that believe the exact same thing. So. Um, one mm-hmm. of the major sites that I follow is Young Pharaoh. It's an African-American man. And he, he says, you know, I don't support Trump. I don't support anybody else. He's like, I'm just following the, the facts. So and he really breaks it down. I can send you guys one thing. And it's just about doing the research and not just listening to the news. It's not just listening to what's going on. It, you can't. I mean, you really can't. Everything that we're being shown, we're being shown for a reason. If we just are blind to all of it and don't open up our eyes and do our own research, then it's just going to keep happening. So I was just going to say, so you learn this information and then now what, like, what do you do with it? I, (laughs) I'm still in kind of a a shock of what I've been discovering. It's continual Um, research. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot. So, I mean, there's nothing that I can do about it personally, other than keep the, the conversation going like I am with you. I mean, that was really hard for me to even tell you guys that because like I said, no, I applaud you. Race is such a hard thing, especially as a white person, especially right now. And, and as a white woman, it's very difficult to navigate. I've been trying to navigate it within my circles too. We're, we have a mixed family. Yeah. 
so yeah. like, so is my family. You know, my 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 nieces and nephews are not white, so that's not something that I need to like voice to anybody online just so that they think that I'm not racist. Right. It's like a justification. Like I have the right to say yeah, this. Yeah. And I wouldn't, and I don't feel that way. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So that's why I haven't really voiced anything one way or the other, because I don't need to. The people in my life that around me, the conversations that I am currently having with people of all color about all of this, you know, and so that's all that I can do is yeah. really open people's eyes to it. And doing your own research, so yeah, send us what you've got. Because when Clayton told me that, I was kind of like, it felt like I don't know when you first get a glimpse of something that might be true. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I I didn't want to go down it because it's like oh, then I have to really dig deep and figure out what is the truth and what I really believe in. And Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, I don't don't even feel ready for that. You know, (laughs) like a journey. It is. is. That's where you get your power and that's where you find out who you are. And it's really cool. But I mean, the race is a very big, big thing that I've, I've struggled with knowing how to talk about it, especially on this platform. Mm -hmm. It's something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. I mean, I had a few friends come Mm -hmm. on last year, one specifically to talk about race and it was kind of more about his experience. But I, in my own personal life, and I was wondering when I was going to talk about this. I didn't think it was going to be today, (laughs) but you know, I, I have black women in my life that I haven't introduced to each other because I didn't want them to be like, I only introduced them because these are my black friends. I know. (laughs) And it's it's so silly. And I don't Mm -hmm. know why I feel that way. I'm sure it has to do with conditioning. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to navigate that. It is. Yeah. It, It really is. So, but I mean, just talking it's, about it. It's yeah, smaller it's, groups so that you aren't, you know, like this, so that you are not as vulnerable. And that's like my husband, he, uh, he went to work yesterday, you know, he does heating and air conditioning. And so mm-hmm. the area that he was working in, it was like huge, huge million dollar homes. And the lady in there, she mentioned something about the guy that we watch. And her husband is a retired Vietnam vet, you know, and they're in their 70s, probably older actually, but it, they mentioned something and my husband's like, Hey, do you listen to young Pharaoh? And she's like, yes, absolutely. We know what's going on, but we can't, we can't even talk about it with our neighbors and their neighbors are African-American. I, I know them, you know, so it's, it's hard. It is hard, but I can say that there are Americans that are doing these podcasts that are talking about what's really going on and saying what's happening is not what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not going against my race. I'm not, you know, I still believe in, the lives of these people that were killed, that they deserve justice, but the motivation behind all of it is is not what's portrayed online. Kind of like what's going on in other situations, right? <laughs> Things are never <laughs> as they seem. Right? I, know. I mean, you it's know, so the true. internet is a great way to just put information out there. I mean, it yeah. is. It is a great way to just flood people with information. It's and, dangerous. And I mean, oh. even I sometimes feel like why do I feel like I should get to have a platform? I mean, I do. I, I have I have those thoughts for sure of, does anybody really care? And if we all have opinions, then why do we need the news? And you know, I mean, I know that we need it to get basic facts out, but even that's manipulated. So it's really difficult. No, there needs, the conversations are important. And like these yeah. people that are coming out about all this stuff and the evidence that they're finding and posting on their platforms. I mean, YouTube is shutting videos down right now because wow. of the truth of things that are being shared. So 
we need the internet. We need people like you and like all these other people that are having the conversations that are going to use their platform to spread information. Because yeah, there's a lot of bad information out there, but there is a lot of good information. And if people are going to do their research, I mean, I found a lot of crap. Like, no, that's not true. I not, you know, trailed it, no evidence and you go on the other way. So it goes both ways. You're going to find a lot of crap, but that's going to help you with the stuff that you do find that is truth, help justify it. So that's so funny because recently I, I watch a show called Patriot Act on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've, I've told Leanne, like, you need to get on it and watch it. And it's just so ironic that his last episode was about why we need public newspapers. And it's for this very reason, because that's where the true stories that are breaking actually come from. Mm -hmm. Like everything that happened with Jeffrey Epstein came from the journalist out of Miami who worked at the Miami Herald. And she's the one who uncovered all the smaller ones that aren't owned by big politicians. Exactly. Right. So if you do want to support media, I mean, the best place to start is literally your local newspaper. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, they're coming in. I can't remember the name of the guy who's coming in and just buying out all of these failing newspapers and things. What I do like right now, though, is now it's become kind of unacceptable to stay quiet, you know? Which is good because it is hard to talk about those things. And so that's Mm. why a lot of people do just kind of hang out in the background and this isn't for me, but, (laughs) but that's not where change happens. It's right. Right. It's crazy. It's definitely crazy. There's a lot. What got you started on that path? Looking at it. Yeah. Um, you're talking about like all this stuff about the. The Yeah. Well, Partly because I understand that they over-exaggerated the coronavirus by a lot. I have friends who are physicians and work on the boards at the local hospitals here. So I know how many patients were actually in the hospitals here being treated. My sister in Alabama is a respiratory therapist on the front line. I know how many patients they had in the hospital and what the media was being told. I know how long their hospitals have been cleared. So from there... I just started looking at stuff and I started doing my own research, you know? Well, both my friends that are in the medical field basically took on less hours during this time because their hospitals were just empty during exactly. the whole time. Exactly. I can believe it. Wow. <laughs> you slowly start talking to people that you feel that would be receptive to this or that aren't going to judge you based on it, really. I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah, it really is. But I mean, if you think about the bigger picture, I mean, these protests would not have been as big. They would not have gone nationwide had we not been globally. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Globally. Yeah, exactly. They would not have happened like this had we not all been on freaking stay at home orders getting paid. Not that many people would have taken the day off. I mean, let's be realistic. They wouldn't have been able to. Yeah. You know, so. I saw the other day, though, that one of the pizza chains was giving their employees paid time off to go protest. To go and do, yeah, I know a lot of yeah. companies are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. It's just interesting. But I've never heard of that. You know what I mean? That's definitely progress in my eyes. <laughs> I agree. I mean, no. yeah, some of it Some of it sounds a little crazy. I was going to say, do you consider yourself a conspiracy theorist or do you just consider yourself educated? Because, like, I love the fine line between the two. <laughs> I can... I consider myself educated and I will admit that I have not always been educated. I will admit that up until, let's say four years ago, I was not as educated as I am now. And it's because I stopped believing what everybody was telling me 
and I started doing my own research within my family about what I was being told about family members, within my culture, within my medicine, within everything, spirituality, everything. And it's just continued as I think I have become more awake to the bigger picture and become more connected with the earth and with mother nature. So have you always been curious just in general? I struggled with religion very, very early on. I didn't ever have to go to church other than with my grandma when she Mm -hmm. took care of me. She was Catholic, went to a really big Catholic church and I, I would go with her, but I wasn't allowed to go up front and do the, the communion communion stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So then when in junior high, my mom started dating a man that was Christian. And so we were kind of pulled out of the situation we were in, totally uprooted and moved into a really nice neighborhood, you know, and had to start going to church. And that man is the stepdad that I consider my father. He was, you know, my mom's husband number four, and she's since moved on. So, but that's my dad. When I talk about my dad, that's my dad. He's very well educated. So I lost my train of thought of why we were going on. No, I just asked if you were always curious. And then you said that it started in religion. Yeah, with religion, you know, I saw a lot of hypocrisy, especially going, I mean, I went to church, I went to the youth group, I did it all, but I just saw a lot of hypocrisy in the way that I knew that my friend's parents were treating their kids. Mm. Um, A lot of hypocrisy in the things that I saw, and just really bought into it fully. I read half of the Bible. I mean, I I tried. (laughs) And then after high school, and just as I started making friends with different with people with different religions, different cultures, and seeing that there's a basic connection in all of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, now within the last four years, going and doing my own research into these other cultures and into these other religions and seeing that there is all a base concept really is what I guess would you would say is how it started. So what, what would you consider to you the base concept is that you found? Um, yeah. I think I think the first is Mother Nature, the universe. I think that is the Holy Spirit. I think the universe in and Mother Nature are the Holy Spirit, and I think it it all stems from there. So I don't really follow any religion. I don't believe that there is like an actual one God. I guess you could say. <clears throat> I'm still diving deeper into that. Uh, my dad is a hardcore Christian. He knows that I don't really believe in it. Uh, he knows a lot of my beliefs. And we have really, really great conversations. And, you know, he knows that I brought up questions about the Bible that he can't answer, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really don't have a religion that we follow. I really just believe in mother nature, you know, and listening to uh, your voice inside you, listening Mm -hmm. to what the trees are telling you. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but go walk barefoot through the woods, sober, and see how much different (laughs) it is than walking with your shoes on so no I mean it's it's crazy it's been such a theme and people that Leanne and I have been talking to it it always goes back to nature go spend time with your thoughts outside Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. connect your feet to the ground don't forget to look up and be aware of what's around you and that in itself will kind of guide you to where you need to be and, and collect your thoughts in a really healthy and whole way that can be intimidating to a lot of people. It can be. It can be. And you know, my husband read something recently that said, you know, concrete and shoes were created by man to disconnect us from the earth, you know? Oh, wow. 
I mean, we get a lot of, I mean, you know this, Cal, we get a lot of energy from, I mean, whether people want to believe it or not, there's energy in the earth. Yeah. And we are, we're disconnected from that. I mean, my, my I'm going to give you a great example. My husband's been working a lot right now because it's getting hot. So he's getting a lot busier and he's getting older. And yesterday his back was hurting, but he still wanted to go golfing with his friend right down the street. So mm-hmm. he called me and said, can you please bring me some rub for my back and bring me a mushroom cap? And it was 0.3, very microdose. So I ran it down there. About an hour later, he sent me a picture of his bare feet. He golfed the rest of the game with bare feet, and he had a great time, and he did really well. No, I, you, you know between our conversations and ones that I've had with Leanne, too, privately, is just I'm totally an energy person. <laughs> so I get it. You're, you're right. I 100% mm-hmm. get it. I can feel it hardcore around me. I can see it in people. You know, I... I think it's never, it's never steered me in the wrong direction. I've gone with mm-hmm. bad energy as a choice and I've, you know, and I've avoided it uh, for the, you know, right, as a choice exactly. as well. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. an evident thing for sure. Yeah. yeah. You talk about the Holy Spirit and I feel like when you listen to, like you said, the energy hasn't steered you wrong. Your gut feeling is kind of like the Holy Spirit inside of you telling you what direction you should be going yeah. and steer away from. I fully believe in that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a mix of your conscious, your subconscious, your experiences, your choices. It's so important to pay attention to how you feel, you know, mm-hmm. in your gut and in, in your body. Your body will never, in my experience, I don't want to make a blanket statement. Those have been getting me in trouble lately. <laughs> but I, I never, it, it's always made the most sense when I made an organic choice for my gut just based upon my feelings. Not because mm-hmm. of something mm-hmm. I've overthought or manipulated in my mind, but just off the baseline feeling of this is good for me or this isn't. And that's hard because I, I know you talked a little bit earlier that your first kind of curiosity sparked with religion. And, and I struggle with that as well, too, because I saw a lot of hypocrisy in my own life and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And then it was covered up by church or yeah, religion or whatever. Exactly. And I don't think that's what it was intended to do. I don't think that's what you know, maybe it is. Maybe that's what religion was put to do is to, is to hide the creeps that and to promote an agenda. I mean, one of the things that I recently, I was reading the other day and I can't, the quote, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, TV is called programming for a reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's a TV program. And I thought when you go to church, you're handed a program for the mass and it's laid out what it's going to be. And my husband and I were talking about this last night and it's just, it's very interesting. I, I don't know how I feel about it yet. You know, it, it's just, it's so deep and it's so convoluted for mm-hmm. me and in, in my past and my history. But when you start thinking about things like that, it does make you kind of look at it from a different perspective than you ever have before, at least right. for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel like it does have its place. When I first started going to church voluntarily, I was in my early 20s, and okay. it was for a boyfriend, obviously. <laughs> Why else would I have gone? So <laughs> I went, and uh, that was the first time I had really, I'm sure I had heard it before, but I had really listened to that God made me, like I am here for a reason, and I'm important, and, and that... I found a lot of hypocrisy in the church as well. And that's why I ended up not continuing, but I will forever be thankful for that message because that's what kind of gave me the self-worth it took to get rid of a lot of really, really bad habits and negative thoughts and just push me in, in a better direction. And I feel like 
a lot of people need that. But when it comes to like the rules and all the like little details, it just, that's where I stopped following. Yeah. I think the core of a lot of religions does have value. Yes. If you look at the treat others with respect in the way you want to be treated, you know, don't kill your neighbor. I mean, there is a lot of, in in all religions, you know, honor the earth. But is that like humanity? (laughs) I feel like that's okay. That's how I take it. It, Yeah. You know, like, here's your guide to being human. Do these things. Don't do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so difficult, but not at all at the same time. You know what I mean? It's what we feed. Mm-hmm. And what we're being fed, I guess. Yeah, exactly. At it, exactly. Speaking of that, so I was gonna ask you, Dana, about you specifically said like walk barefoot in the woods, and I was mm-hmm. gonna ask you if you know you had come to any realizations or anything from those walks, or and, and Callie, you just said it's what you're being fed, and I wanted to share. I had I have had very few experiences in my life where I truly felt like. I was spoken to by Mm -hmm. God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. And Mm -hmm. it was after a nasty breakup with my uh, ex that brought me to church. (laughs) So we're back to him. (laughs) And uh, I would go on just nighttime runs just because I would stay up at night and and I couldn't get my mind to calm down. So I, I was going on a nighttime run and I was listening to one of the sermons from the church that I've been going to. Mm-hmm. And it was about it was it was about staying under the faucet they called it of spirituality like stay showered in in what feeds your soul and, mm-hmm. and gratitude and all these things and as I'm running listening to this uh, uh, sermon the sprinklers on the football field oh, just gosh. shot out and I got drenched <laughs> it was like nine o'clock at night I was like what is I just stood in the middle of the field and cried. Yeah. And just sprinkler water. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love it. It was really, really awesome. Yeah. I had, I mean, I went to church in my early 20s with our kids, you know, we did. And I, I have had some experiences that at the time I attributed to what I was being told, God or whatever. What do you call it? Just mother nature? Is that just what you refer to it as or universe or what? Because for me, I just call it source. I don't know what it is. It's just my source. Um, what, do you, what, what do you mean? Like when I, like, how like do what I do you call God? Uh, like, yeah, a, a typical God or that intuition, that gut, that thing that guides you, you to me. nature. Yeah. Okay. In, yeah. Mother nature, universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're really curious. the same thing. I, re- I really think that they're the same thing interchangeable you know okay. it's all connected yeah it's all and the, you know mother nature is all connected i mean it, did you watch the fantastic fungi i mean hello yeah <laughs> i mean we're all, everything is connected so and i believe with the universe as well so yeah, to me they're they're the same thing mm-hmm. universe and mother nature that's, that's my higher power i guess <laughs> yeah no i love it i was just curious because we all call it different things and like, i struggle especially as i'm like writing and stuff now and trying to get my story out mm-hmm. there and and get it where i can share it with others i really struggle with am i doing the right thing by calling it source or do i say it's god and that's just because that's you know there's only one god is what i was told whatever for, it is for so you. long right and, and, and i guess it's just yeah. 
stepping in and settling into that as my own person and mm-hmm. not and breaking away from everything that I was taught growing up. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's interesting because there's other people in my family that are dealing with the same thing. And it's just, mm-hmm. I'm always just curious to see how people, you know, other people navigate it. Yeah. yeah so like just, we don't so pray at the table or anything. Like mm-hmm. we say what we're thankful for when we go around the table. Yeah. So, same. You know, things like you guys that. Do that every night. Uh, not every night, but not most. every night. Yeah. I was like, oh crap, I gotta step it up. <laughs> when the kids were in school, we really did it more, you know. Yeah, because that we schedule, right? It's just that. And they were doing stuff, so they would, you know, have to say what they were thankful for or something that happened to them throughout yeah. the day. And we haven't done that so much lately because we, I mean, I know what they're doing. Yeah, we did one for a while. <laughs> we we called it like peaks and valleys, like what was your high okay. high for the day and your low point. And I really liked when we I did that. that. Yeah, we did that awesome. for a while, and then now they just ask, "Can we just do amens?" <laughs> that's what they say. And um, they literally just say, "I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for this food." And I've got some long winded children, so sometimes our food gets cold before we're finished, and we're like, "Can you speed up your prayer a bit, please?" <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's just, it's just funny, but we do, we, we try to just have open dialogue and there's no better thing as whether you're a parent to people or if you're just a human, or if you share a space with anyone else, if you can sit and give gratitude to anything, why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah, only enriches absolutely. your life. Absolutely. So, yeah. We try to teach that to the kids. I don't know. It's important. And you learn. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to learn that. Yeah. We didn't really have that growing up, though. I mean, I went to Catholic school um, until I was like 13. And I have really, I have a few unfond memories. But overall, I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm still friends to this day to like the 13 other kids I went to school with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Aww. It was such a special special school that I was able to be in at that time of my life. I obviously didn't mm-hmm. recognize it when it was happening. But as an adult, looking back, I'm like, what a beautiful thing my parents did for us yeah, to be able to go to there. Because yeah. I know it, when you get older, you realize things aren't free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. So you're like, wow, yeah. what an experience that they they made that a priority for us. And I really have fond memories of that. But when I look at the church outside of the school stuff, that's it's always been a struggle for me to say, mm-hmm. to put it calmly. Uh, and then when I met my husband, it was totally different because he was super into church. Like people were saying, don't marry Calla <laughs> type deal. Uh, because it is, it's a thing. I mean, you can't marry her. She's not saved. And I'm like, I was baptized. What's the difference? I didn't get it. Right, exactly. So like, I've really had conflicting things with with all of it and just again the hypocrisy of like mm-hmm. what's what's tolerated what's acceptable the the different things that I've now had to deal in and sit with in my adult life and it's a struggle for me it's 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 up there as one of like the biggest things that I struggle with in my day-to-day life is faith and religion for sure I totally understand what you're saying my sister is a hardcore christian and I struggle because I know that her daughter uh, doesn't want to be a daughter, but everyone mm-hmm. in the family denies it. So that's a, and it's a big, it's a big struggle. And I worry about, she's 12 now, you know, I, I worry about who she's going to have to talk to because mm-hmm. what's thrown down her throat every single day. So yeah, that, I mean, so I understand, you know, the, the hip- hypocrisy that is right in front of their eyes but she's afraid to say anything 
and because she knows that they won't accept it, you know? So, yeah. And so yeah, that's that was kind of my final straw was the group. I was in kind of like a small group with a bunch of girls and mm-hmm. essentially they were telling me that my parents' advice wasn't valid because they weren't saved and they didn't know my family. <laughs> they didn't know any, they had never met my parents. And so that just really confused me because I was, I felt like I was a good person because of what my parents taught me. And they right. always taught me right. the way that I would want to mm-hmm. be treated. And so that was just kind of my last, I don't think I ever went back after that, to be honest. Yeah. Remember when we tried to go, Leanne? <laughs> Remember when we tried to go to church? <laughs> we tried to do Bible study. It, was, it did not go well. It was okay. It was called the Seven Project. It was a Jen Hat Maker thing, and it's kind of oh, like where you that. shed a lot of things like you wear the same seven things you eat the same seven things I can't remember like the details of it all I I still have the book I don't know why it's haunting me but we went and we weren't like members of this church but we had gone to a few services like together with like our families and um Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the place the music was great you know I I really Mm -hmm. liked it and yeah that just that's haunted me for a long time because we went and then leanne and i got set at the table with a bunch of ladies probably how i mean a lot yeah a lot older than us a lot older than us and i was in Mm -hmm. a really tough spot mentally i didn't realize it at the time but i had just lost my job i had just become pregnant with eli all these things and i was in a really bad place Mm -hmm. and i needed women to lift me up i didn't know that but i think that's what i was searching for i I needed somebody to say this is not how it's like so much is ahead of you and i was met with such judgment and a lot of judgment even i could feel it and such yeah i just felt worse being there and it was a lot and i think part of it was because i didn't have a lot of self-worth you know i know all these things now Looking back, yeah. if I had the skills in my tool belt, obviously I would have handled it differently. It would have been a much mm-hmm. different situation. But a lot of the time, people are broken when they're going to these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And when you're met with that, it can go one or two ways for a lot of people. And unfortunately, mine went straight to the toilet. To the exit. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like, I to the exit. To the parking lot. Yeah. Well, I remember because like we only went, we, we went twice. It was like a week's long course. Or, you it was know, seven weeks. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And uh, we made it to the second one. And it was just like, that's it. You're, no, and then when Cal quit, I was like, okay, I'll go too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to say that, Robert. Yeah, well, you all know me. Like, I don't like to quit things. Like, it has to be like a sucker punch to the gut or like, an emotional yeah. thing for me to actually quit something. And that was a big one for me. And, and mm-hmm. that made me stop going to church there. That made me really just kind of say like, this isn't for me. And that, that's sad because that's not fair because I have gotten some good things. Going. Yeah. yeah. That's where I learned my words have power and oh my gosh, what a light bulb moment that was for me. That's where mm-hmm. I learned a lot about how I wanted my role as a wife to be. And it's not mm-hmm. like the standard I bend over backwards for my husband. That's not it at all. And I get some churches focus on that, but where, where we were, I credit my husband and I's marriage to the people that we had when we first started in the church that we were at. We learned so many good things there that we've carried mm-hmm. on with us, you know, for decades, over Great, a decade yeah. now. So it's like, there's good things. And I there don't want to sit value. here and say no. that, but it goes back to the people in power or the people that 
control it and what goes on behind the scenes and, and things like that. And Absolutely. a lot of like what you were talking about when we first started talking. Mm -hmm. It's just what people project. And yeah, you have to dig deeper, find out intentions. That's so and hard. That's why I like fully believe that you got to pick and choose what works for you. Like it's not a one size fits all for everybody. And that goes back to listening to your gut. Like if you, Hear mm -hmm. something, you don't have to be a sheep and just automatically believe it, but you also can seek out your own information and figure out what sounds right and where you want to take it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The basic thing that would happen in any like trial or investigation or anything, why just believe what people say? Yeah. yeah what you read too, you know? If you read something and it's like, eh, find, you know, find it somewhere else, you know, with anything. Well, and we're in such an age right now where you can, anything that you want, you can find a million conflicting things about it. There you know? is a lot. Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate that? How do you decide, is it, how do you decide, like, this is truth for me? I, I really, I guess it just depends on what it is. Like the George Soros thing, it was very easy for me to investigate that, you know, mm -hmm. I can, I, you can look up what companies he controls very easily. Okay. Those kinds of things are public knowledge. I mean, he's known as breaking the bank of Europe, how he made his billionaires. He controls a lot of the money in the world. As far as religion, I, growing up, I had a lot of different friends that ha had friends that were Mormon. I had friends that were, I don't even know what it would be called. Just, I had some lots of different religions you know I, yeah. when, when I was in junior high I was the minority at the school where I went I grew up in a really really bad neighborhood um it was like me and two other white girls and it was all other colors all other colors so I was lucky enough to be friends with a lot of other people from a lot of different cultures and so I did see a lot of different religions so for me, already having that base of we were all good people, you know, I saw their families, they were all good families. So why was their religion not okay? You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So mm -hmm. from there, I think I just was able to just research and, and look at different things and listen to different podcasts. Like I said, I did read the Bible, half of the Bible. My dad, even though he is a hardcore Christian, he's a biochemist. So the fact that mm -hmm. he's a scientist... You know, we've had some really great discussions. And that would lead to great discussion. Yeah. So a lot of my information does come from my dad and then also my husband's dad. He's also a very, very intelligent person. He does a lot of research. So when I do question something like about, you know, coronavirus, I, you know, it's my dad. I said, here's what I, I know. What do you think? You know, and he shared mm -hmm. me with me his research from the scientist perspective, from the biochemist side, you know, so just going to people I trust really and also looking it up. I mean there's a freaking paper shop for almost everything online if you sit down and look hard enough I mean you can find, like you said you can find the sources you can find where these things come from so <laughs> that goes back to what we were talking about earlier Leanne I'm like everyone in my family I come from a family of literal detectives and it yeah. just cracks me up because then I'm like then they got to me and I'm like bad day I think is what I said maybe they can make different choices today but I tend to, to err on the side of you know mm -hmm. what if yeah like <laughs> I, I, there's no way I can actually know but evidence does speak value but I, but I do struggle with that because then it's like how do you know when you feel 
certain way about certain things. And I, I can get lost there in my train of thought if I'm, <laughs> if I'm being really honest. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of the stuff that, that I'm still even looking at, it, it's not that I believe it, but it has raised questions. Like you said, what if, you know, this does seem strange. This is a possibility. So then I opened my eyes to look at other things that I was closed off to before mm-hmm. that had I, had I not done this piece of research, I, I wouldn't have been turned around to this aspect of something. And I have a lot of time right now to just sit around. Well, I'm going to get busy right I now. I know it's time. picking back up, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. But still, and my kids too doing research. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Now that all of this other stuff has taken place, I don't want to say all this mm-hmm. other because that makes it sound like I'm just putting it as something. That's everything that's important. taking place. <laughs> yeah, everything that's taking place, but specifically the protests and the unity through that and the discord. But mm-hmm. where did the coronavirus go? <laughs> you right? know what I mean? It's like one of my friends was like, I think it was canceled. I don't think that, you know, people started asking too many questions. Mm-hmm. What do you do? But it, but it's true. And, and how do you, how do you reason with that? How do you re- Yeah. How do you reason with, there hasn't been a surge in the hospitals. I mean, there hasn't, like I said, I have a friend who's on the board. It's a major hospital right here. There hasn't been a surge. I mean, yeah, it's going to take a 14 day incubation period, but I did see one news report, like 48 hours after the first protest, they were already showing like a astronomical number of, of surge and how did you test those people that fast they didn't leave yeah. the protest and go to the doctor to get a test you know how but you need to remember that memorial day just happened before the protest started and a lot of people went out at memorial day so if there was yeah. a surge it can be said that it was because of that so it's just looking yeah. at all the different pieces of information that are being put out there and just think about it yeah so, and it's, yeah, you, I think you always just have to stay open to the possibility that you could be wrong or you could be mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean? Exactly, like the, exactly. There's that gray area, that holding space yeah. area <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where we. And if there's a surge, then I, then, you know, I was, then I was wrong, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't think. But that's like easy. a risk you're willing to take with the information that you have. Like, I think that that's commendable. Right. I wish more people did that. Do you think there will be a surge come fall in cold, cold and flu season? I'm just. I don't think so. I don't. You don't. I don't. I'm paranoid that there is going to be. <laughs> but that, that, again, is just my own. I have nothing to base that off of. It's literally yeah. just a feeling. So that's where it gets dangerous of having a platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why a lot of people don't want to say anything. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything because like we talked about, I could be researching some misinformation right now. And next week, I'll, I'll find the piece that disproves that. So I'm yeah, I'm not sharing any of my posts right now. <laughs> No, it's so it's like true. With the coronavirus. I mean, they said we're all going to die. We need to stay in our houses. We're not all dead. Everything keeps changing. So yeah, yeah but this is con- this is where I am right now. <laughs> I get frustrated though, and I think they were talking about this on Joe Rogan. There's been no talk about. It's just been stay at home, wash your hands. There's no talk about eat vegetables. You know, take care of your immune system. Make sure you're right. getting enough. Like there's because then Monsanto and big money would have to come forward and realize and admit everything that they've done wrong and and change their whole business. And they're not going to do it because it's a money and greed thing. They don't want people. Well, whoever is in control of the human human world or whatever this is, it's greed and corruption. And it's, 
it's all money focused. I mean, we it were talking is. about that. Sick people can't focus on changing things. Sick people can only focus on getting themselves better. And that's, mm-hmm. it's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. It truly, truly is. Gosh, guys, how are we going to solve the world's problems? <laughs> Wake up more people. Wake up more people. There are people out there that are, that are fighting, the, you know, fighting the good fight and making change and getting behind those people or sharing their words. I mean, that's really all I can, I can do right now, I feel at this point, is just talk with people about it and share the things that I have learned. And if I send it to you and you don't agree... I still want to be your friend. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I needed to hear that this week. Thank you. You have gone way too far down the rabbit hole. No. Oh, my God. I, we, need, we need friends like this. We need people that make us think differently than we ever have. I mean, that's how progress is made, and that's, that's just how you, you grow. You know, it's good to have a different difference of an opinion. And I yeah, think absolutely. right now – they don't like that people are open to sitting down and talking about it and bringing exactly. the two sides together and meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's scary for the powers that be, I believe. It is scary. Yeah. It is really scary. And I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next coming months? Yeah. We've talked about how things will look in the next coming months. Are we going to stay here? Are my kids going back to school? You know? Yeah. That's a are big we one. The, vac- the vaccines, you know, that's all things that we're, considering but we're not making decisions because things keep changing but those are all things that are just in the back of our head you know yeah I think there's a lot of parents dealing with that right now of I, I mm-hmm. know we are in our house as well of okay what does next year look like and mm-hmm. you know that that holds over into my business so it, it does affect you Leanne because it's like I we don't yeah. know what what our schedules are going to be and any plan that we have right now we have to be so open to it changing at like the spur of a moment absolutely I mean if you work with me anyways in any capacity that bound to happen <laughs> uh, you know it, at any time I'll just call you and be yeah. like change your plans that happened today you know <laughs> that's just it's so important to be able to be adaptable mm-hmm. do you know what I mean but I don't know I think this goes back to again, like the religion stuff, I think we were taught that things had to be just one way. And as you grow up and as you get woke or whatever it is, and and you start realizing and having different experiences, you realize that there's no one way to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. So why are the standards and the rules set like that? It's set Mm -hmm. up to make people fail. It is. It is set up. And to make them dependent on other people besides themselves, really, if you look at it. Yeah. So well, it goes back to like the medicine, the food, like you were saying, Leanne, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. It, it just all goes together. It does. It does. You know, when people are dependent on the system, and I'm not talking about the government system. I'm just talking about the system and everything: the food chain, mm-hmm. you know, medicine, power, water, everything. When you're dependent on, or in religion, when you're dependent on all those things, you're at the mercy of whatever they want to feed you. Whatever propaganda, whatever whatever chemicals, whatever kind of crap, whatever kind of yeah, whatever they're gonna feed you. So, what feeds your soul in a good way? <laughs> a good I'm curious. You're such an enigma to me. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. You know, th- I hope you know that because, like, you have validated so much for me in my life and in my story, and allowed me to keep going and you've supported me from the very beginning and it's really cool. So I do, I, I want to know what lights your fire, what feeds your soul, what makes you who you are. I think that 
It's a really tough question. I mean, the experiences that I've had in my life definitely make me who I am. Mm-hmm. And not all of them are great. And I've had to let go of a lot of them. But I think for me is having belief in my husband and my kids that, you know, no matter what happens, if we believe in each other and what the right thing is to do here while we're here on this earth, then that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really it. Yeah, nothing else matters if you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and leading from that place. And that's really what I have to, with everything right now, lead with. That I, It doesn't matter what is happening with what somebody's saying. It doesn't matter what's happening with the people protesting. It doesn't matter what's happening with the coronavirus. As long as I know that us as a core unit are together, then I'm not worried about anything. I, I really am not. So, and I know like that, that hasn't always been your way of thinking. Yeah. No. And you just think it's just been your curiosity, your, your need for education, your willingness to want to know more. And then like that has made that shift. I mean, um, so last year, I think, I think, okay. Okay. (laughs) Deep breath. (laughs) So. Last year in January, my biological dad died. I think you, yeah, you knew, I think you knew about that. Yeah. Well, we had not had a very good relation. Well, not very good. We just hadn't talked in years because of a lot of the lies that were spread by my mom and with other members of my family. When he passed away, I went to his house and I was shown a lot of letters and pictures that I didn't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And that raised a lot of questions about who I am as a person, where I came from, where my sister came from. I mean, my parents got divorced when I was three. And I remember it. I remember the day that they left. Everything mm-hmm. after that was all shaped by everyone around me. It wasn't shaped by my relationship with my dad or anything that actually ever happened. It was all shaped by everything that people around me told me. Mm-hmm. And when I found those things and I, went to my mom and my sister i was met with you're crazy you need a biblical counselor and we hope that you get help and the things that i came out with to them were things i'd never told anybody Mm -hmm. Um, i had to tell my husband right then because of how profound and what happened you know from there within my family i did a lot of uh, research. I looked through my grandma's journals. I talked to family members. And I really think that that helped me realize that this person that I had been seeking validation from my entire life was a complete lie. Mm. My mom, you know, she was so, I haven't heard from her since then. Wow. Whoa. So the, yeah. And it wasn't done publicly. I sent her an email with, copies of what I had found, you know, mm-hmm. this is your writing, you know, <laughs> yeah. explain this, you know, so for me, I, I mean, I really did, I sought my mom's attention or uh, approval in everything I did, who I was Guilty. as a mother, yeah. yeah, and once that whole illusion of who she was and who she portrayed to be was shattered with proof, I mean, it really broke down a lot of all the other crap I'd ever been told my entire life about everything. Cause that was my mom. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I do. And the fact <laughs> that she couldn't have a conversation about that 
or respond and just cut off her daughter, her firstborn. She only has two kids. Um, her grandkids, she only has four. Or she has uh, five, actually. I mean, that speaks volumes, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that really shaped a lot of my not just believing what people tell me. This is, that, was, that was last year. So I was 39. Yeah. 36 years of my life were based on lies. Relationships I didn't have with family members based on lies, you know? Time that I lost with people. My dad. Siblings that I didn't even know I had. So I think that was pretty big for me. And then you remember I told you about earlier this year when I had that experience? out in the woods Mm -hmm. that was what that was about I released all that yeah do you want to talk about it I want to be really respectful if you don't want to go into detail but it was such a beautiful and powerful story that if you want to share it I'd love to hold space for that but if you don't I understand (laughs) as well it was so powerful we can well I'll 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 touch on it so I I went on a retreat with some friends I use plant medicine I use and not some plant medicine, mushrooms and LSD, which mm-hmm. is called hippie flipping. And at first I struggled really hard with what was happening. Not scary, but my body was not reacting good. I was twitching like, and now I, I know that I see different auras when I use mushrooms. I'm able to see people differently. Uh, I, I see the way they move differently, which is really weird. I know it sounds really weird. So I was struggling with this for the first couple of hours. I mean, I wasn't having a bad experience, but, you know, mm-hmm. I was hanging out with everybody. But my body was really, and my husband could see it. He's like, you're not letting go. Your body, I can see you. And I was twitching like this. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. saw it, like, you know. And it wasn't until my husband told me that I just needed to let go and accept what was happening. Yeah. And um, the day prior to this was the anniversary of my dad's death. Of, of my dad dying. Wow. So, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And nobody in my family contacted me at all. Nobody posted anything. Nobody said anything. Like, nobody. N- nobody said anything. So I almost didn't even go on that trip because I was really struggling. I was struggling with if I never talk to my mom again and she dies, am I going to be a- okay with that? You know? Yeah. What if? don't get to say the things that I need to say. What if I don't get to ask the questions that I want to ask, you know? So when my husband said, I can see that you're fighting and I can see that you're not letting go, you know, just, just, just let go. And he filled up my water. I ran into the woods, not too far. You know, they, he knew where I was and I ran and screamed and cried. And when I fell to the ground, I, I screamed louder than I'd ever screamed in my whole life. And at the points where I thought, oh my gosh, someone's going to freak out and think I fell off a cliff. <clears throat> it, I, I would come back to myself and know that I was, you know, just do it. I mean, I screamed for probably 10 minutes, snot, tears, everything down on the ground, gripping the earth. And when I was done, I just screamed, I want to be a good mom. And I just felt <sighs> all of this shit, just like, like, the, the weight I mean and it's really weird to, you know because and I just took a deep breath and I was fine like I, I stopped crying and I turned my head and like way off in the distance I saw my husband standing up on a, a hill and I yelled and he, and he turned around and he saw me and he came um, 
so since that day, I really, I, I, I'm okay with that relationship being gone. You know, I don't need answers. I have my answers. I know what I need to do to break the cycle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For my kids. And I was honest with them. They know, they know what happened. I shared with, you know, my older two. They know about my childhood. Of, I've never really hidden the things. Um, yeah. But within the last couple of years, because I did explain, you know, why, why isn't Grammy here? Why can't we see Grammy? So I, I mean, yeah. you, have to, you have to explain that. Yeah. So, so, so that thank was, you for sharing that. I did not mean to make no, you cry, it's but fine. I did. <laughs> and it's such a good story because it's, it's so hard. I, I know I struggle with my parents. <laughs> I think we all, yeah. We all do. You know, we, we start to grow up and we're like, why do I even say these things? Why do I do these things? And, I, it's funny because I was thinking about this this morning, actually, during my meditation. That's odd that it came back to it. But again, everything's connected. So we're just going to go for mm-hmm. it. Okay. But it was one of those things of, I deal, dealt a lot or deal a lot with being manipulated. That's a big thing for me. I felt like a lot of my childhood was like that. I don't mm-hmm. think it was done in a way that, I think it was a protection for me. I don't think it was met with any malice. You know what I mean? I guess is the best way to say mm-hmm. it. But I came to the conclusion today, <laughs> or at least a thought, you know, of, of a different way to look at it is that I think my parents were doing the best that they could for me in the situation that they mm-hmm. were in. Do I mm-hmm. think that they contrived it a little bit to make it go the way that they wanted it to? Without a doubt, I'm guilty of doing that as a parent as well. Right. But coming to the idea that even though maybe it wasn't in my best interest, what they decided for me or made things to be, they were doing the best that they could. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that it was meant with, with meanness, I guess. And, and for me, that really helped me say, okay, <laughs> you know, I don't have to carry it. I've been difficult for me to let go of, of that with my parents a little bit too. Cause that is something mm-hmm. that I really struggle with. I don't know. It just seemed to really align with what you were saying. Yeah, I think for a lot of people and women especially, there is that pressure to obviously be a good mom and please our moms. Who doesn't want to hear you're proud? You know, I'm proud of the mom that you became from your mom. And that's a struggle. Yeah. And if you don't hear that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I had kind of, I don't know if it's the opposite of what y'all are talking about, but I grew up thinking my mom was perfect, perfect in every way. Oh, I did yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, so it, it honestly, when I grew up and, and saw more things for what they were, like obviously nobody's perfect, but it, that helped me for myself because I realized I was holding myself to try to be this, this standard of perfection mm-hmm. that I, I thought my mom was and it's impossible. And yeah. so I right. always felt a lot like less than, you know? And mm-hmm. so it was kind of relieving <laughs> to yeah. learn like, Oh wait, no, you're not perfect. No, you're perfect. Now I think my mom's perfect for different reasons. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a healthier way of looking at it. I, I hold my mom mm-hmm. in the highest regard. I want nothing but the best for her but my mom is still a human. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My, my dad is still a human. I am still a human. Right. And 
And I know, Dana, you said that you talk to your kids about everything and, and I've taken that approach with ours too. And I'm constantly apologizing to my kids, you know, just of, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I did that. This is just what I was, was said to me when I was a kid. I don't even really feel this right. way. Or, you know, I'm having a bad right. day and here's why. And walking them through it and, and letting them know that I can't be it for you. Right. You're going to be it for you. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm trying to instill that in such an early age because I don't want them to feel like they need to meet anybody's standards other than their own. Absolutely. And, and that is hard. I wish I would have learned that lesson so much earlier on in my life, but yeah, I didn't for whatever reason. But I do, I, I wish people would understand that their self-worth, those gut feelings, those things, mm -hmm. no book can teach you that. You know exactly. what I mean? Like that's, that's what you need to listen to. That's what needs to guide you. And, and through that's going to come a lot of mistakes, <laughs> a lot of lessons learned, mm -hmm. uh, but Absolutely. a lot of joy and a lot of love comes from that place. And, and you feel like you can walk confidently, confidently, excuse me, into almost any situation. Absolutely. I truthfully feel that way. So. I definitely be, believe that. That's why we are so honest with our kids. You know, we don't really sugarcoat it. I mean, obviously we have a seven-year-old and two teenagers. So there's a different level of full, full honesty of what goes on. But we don't lie to our kids about any, anything. They know what's going on. They know what's going on in the entire situation, you know, even in our personal lives with our friendships right now. I mean, they, yeah. they're aware of everything. And we've always talked that you don't just listen to the teacher at school. You don't listen to the principal. You don't just do what people tell you to do. You need to use your own brain. You need to do your own education. If something doesn't seem right, do something. Mm -hmm. So, And I think that's the most valuable lesson too that kids can learn is that they have to be their own person. Don't just do or what other, other people are doing. Don't just, we always tell them, don't be sheep, not be the sheep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not be the sheep. So. Yeah. Simon um, said something to me a few years ago and it's just really resonated with me. And I think it really helped me grow. And again, we were talking about this the other day, just how thankful we are for the partners in our life who make us better. Um, and he said something, he was like, if everybody's looking one way, I find it's best to look the other way and start there. Mm -hmm. that, that just is one of those moments that just hit me as, as much as the words have power in church hit me. That one really hit me of, there's something to that. And I need to start looking at things in a different way. Absolutely. So, ah, oh, ladies, Maybe. I don't know. We, we could go on and on and on. I know you just talked about your story with the psilocybin and it helping you come to terms with your situation with your mom. Mm -hmm. And I know you're a big advocate for psilocybin research and mm -hmm. all that. Mm -hmm. Do you have good documentaries or, or just sources oh, you can send people to if they want to do their own research about it? Yes. So there are a couple of things. I'm looking at my phone right now because I have some that I've saved. So on Netflix, uh, you guys know Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. She has the goop. Uh, the on goop. The first, yeah, I watched the it. The first episode is really good. And that's more of a therapeutic trip. That's, you yeah. know. So there's two different sides. You know, a lot of people are using microdosing, very small amounts where you don't really feel anything, you know, every couple of days, three days in a row, two days off for maintaining mental health. And then there are people that need to have, you know, just like you saw in that documentary, just one big cleanse. They're able to release a lot of, a lot of things. So that's one. You guys are making my eye twitch. This is my body thing. <laughs> Do it, Khaled. Do it. <laughs> I've been telling you. <laughs> I know. I know. We have to. 
We have to wait for the world to open up so we can like book some retreat out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Or something. Okay. Oh, I know. My so. husband's going to be taking over a bunch of international stuff in one of his places is Costa Rica. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, how amazing would that, that would be? be? Cool. Yeah, that would be really cool. So, I don't know. Amazon- we, we watched the goop. I'm sorry. We watched the goop one after the psychedelics conference. Isn't oh, that yeah. we, we watched oh, it afterwards? Yeah, yeah. Cause we watched that beautiful documentary that they did there. And I'm, God, I it's can't. The medicine. Yeah, yeah the medicine. it's called the medicine. It's called the medicine. Okay, I'll phenomenal, look that phenomenal. It's about um, what's Iowa- the name? Um, ayahuasca. Yeah, ayahuasca, and and there was three people. Like Anna Lynn McCord was one. There was a um, football player and mm-hmm. someone else. But it's kind of like their journeys and and how they got to that point. And obviously, they didn't film when mm-hmm. they the ceremony. Their, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the ceremony. Right, but they interviewed them afterwards and mm. like a few months afterwards. And it was amazing. They had lasting yeah. effects on their yeah. lives. That's what a lot of the documentaries to Amazon. So a lot of uh, what they're considering drugs were removed from Netflix. A lot of those shows, Amazon prime though, if you just search psilocybin or psychedelics, there are tons of really, 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 really great documentaries. Okay. Yeah, lots of them. So um, one of them was neurons to Nirvana. Oh, that one was really, really good. And it was understanding psychedelic medicines. So that one was really good. I'm obviously going to suggest fantastic fungi. I think that a basic understanding of what, you know, mushroom psilocybin, what it is, is really important. So I think that's a great basic one. I can't really think of any other documentaries off the top of my head, but I would say definitely do Amazon Prime. There's a whole bunch on there. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Is there any books or like, where are you going for your research on that stuff? I read a lot of forums. I honestly, I Google, I Google a lot. I don't have time to sit down. I mean, I I do have time to sit down with a book, but I I misplace them. You know, the phone's right there. I can. Yeah, no, that's the way we do things these days. That's our library. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I hear you. I like forums too. And like message boards too, because then you can really, mm-hmm. uh, you get the conversation Interact- within, yeah, within mm-hmm. the text that I'd rather hear a personal story than, than anything. So that's really, really cool. Have you had a bad trip where you're just like, or mm-hmm. no, that's nope. amazing. And I, I think uh, that's everyone's big fear, right? Well, I had, I, I'll tell you a two minute <laughs> thing that happened. So that same day or before this, incident happened where I ran off into the woods when we were still in the whole group and we were just hiking around one of the people that was there she was like there's ants all over my leg and we looked like there's no ants then she kept screaming there's ants on my legs there's ants on my leg so everybody looked again and we're like no no there's no ants later my husband told me the second time he saw ants (laughs) you know so so yeah I don't think that that's a bad trip but to me, that really told me the power of your mind when it's in that state for suggestion, which is yeah. why the therapy is, I mean, it works. You know, people who are able to quit smoking cancer with one trip, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a bad trip, but for her in that moment, she thought there was ants on her leg. But once mm-hmm. we kept telling her, no, remember what we're doing, it's in your head. And then she was fine. There was no ants. So I know people that have had bad trips or bad experiences but if you talk with them they will tell you that something amazing came out of that experience as well and it was something that needed to happen to them so yeah. I, I would say that your set and your setting are the most important thing 
if you're, you know, walking around the downtown streets late at night and there's all kinds of weird shit going on around you, you're going to have a bad experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that that's something to keep in mind, you know. And now that I have seen the power of the suggestion, there was another time after that, my husband thought someone we were talking to had a British accent. And it was because they had a shirt on that was the color of the British flag. It didn't even look like the British oh, flag. Funny. Like, no, he's not talking to the British accent. But the, the power of, you know, of how open your mind is and those, you know, those different neurons that are connecting at that time, it's pretty incredible. I mean, it is. But I think that is the power behind it is that it opens your mind. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. many people live with such a closed mind in certain areas that they don't even realize until mm-hmm. they're in a different state to where it's kind of forced to open and they are more suggestible. And then it just, that's how life changes for them yeah that's how you're able to like rewire your brain essentially yeah there's um, a graphic that i saw once in a documentary and it showed that you know our brain really is just like these ruts and these connections that we've learned and patterns throughout our life trauma what you know whatever it is and when you when you introduce psychedelics it really opens up all those neurons and you're able to make new connections that weren't there and relearn things so the picture of the brain i'll send it to you do you have, yeah, please do. Do you have that same effect with cannabis? Um, no. I mean, there are things that cannabis has definitely healed, absolutely healed for me. But obviously, there was some trauma, you know, that I was holding on to that was affecting me. And I don't use psilocybin on a regular basis. There are times where I'm having a hard time and I will, every couple of days, I will, I will microdose. But it's not something that I need all the time. I do Mm -hmm. know that there's more healing that I need to do. I do know that when the world opens up, I need to take some time and probably do a couple of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm speaking with lots of different, especially women, moms. There is just something that cannabis doesn't touch when it comes to depression. And a lot of it has to do with serotonin in your brain. And if you are, well, because psilocybin reacts with the serotonin in your brain and depression is a lack of serotonin in your brain. And if you're someone who is also taking medication for antidepressants, your levels of serotonin are a lot different. So, you know, I have friends that have severe depression and I can take a dose and they can take the same exact dose and we can have two completely different experiences. Yeah. same with, you know, my friend that still needs to use her mental health medication, even though she's also, she cut back, but she's also still having a supplement with cannabis and psilocybin. And mm-hmm. her required dose is very different from mine. I mean, yes, yeah. I suffer from depression, but I have a lot of other things that are, I have, have going on. And for me, cannabis does touch and work with a lot of that. My migraines, before I started smoking cannabis again, I was still getting three or four migraines a day, like debilitating, yeah. you know, oh, up, all that crap. When I started smoking cannabis again, I got down to one migraine a month the day before my period and nothing would get rid of it. I couldn't, it was just, I had to deal with it. I'd be in bed puking, you know, edibles weren't helping. No amount of cannabis I could smoke would take it wow. away. Um, I have found now that I can take 0.3 of psilocybin and it will completely knock my headache out. Wow. That unreal. So, wow. So there's just some things, and it's a different for everybody. Just like with cannabis, different strains do different things for different people based on your body's needs, your endocannabinoid system. Psilocybin is the same thing. Everybody's yeah. body is going to react just a little bit differently based on their body's chemistry and what their need is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How full circle, too. And that's like just to the beginning of this conversation of how 
one thing can't be for everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's just so funny how that mm-hmm. kind of has come back into this. Excuse me. I, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just did a little flip. It is. Yeah. What, is, uh, what works for one person does not work for the next person. I mean, even my husband and I, you know, even between him and his male friends, you know, what, what plant medicines they use or quantities or strains or everything is completely different, you know, based on their needs. Which same thing with pharmaceuticals. I mean, everybody gets a different dosage, basically. So no, totally. We, you, we've gone really deep with you, and I'm really happy. And thank you for, <laughs> for sharing everything. I knew we would. I didn't know, you know, what this was going to be. And Leanne will will say this too. Yeah. I was just struggling all day. I'm like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? I'm like shut up. You know her. You love these women. <laughs> Something's going to come out. And then like, boom, the second you came in, <laughs> it just, it just started. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't say enough good things. Thanks. So, so can I tell you about the first time that I saw you and like what I thought? What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so when I first started on my Instagram account, when I started a separate one, so I could actually follow people and no one in my family would see who I was following, you know, on my personal one. We both went through that struggle together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, really, like, we can't show our face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I obviously had heard about you because of Jesse, but I missed okay. your live where you were live with her. Oh, okay. So I never saw that, but I was following you. And I remember the first time that you showed your face. And you talked, and I was like, oh, my God, if this freaking little Texas country girl can be smoking pot, then what am I so afraid of? (laughs) I did. I was just like, she just looks like it. And you had to accent whatever you said, y'all. You said y'all in whatever you said. Yeah. And I was like, this cute little southern country girl, like, how how can I be embarrassed? Southern country cow. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Yeah, so that, that was the that was the first time I remember, and then after that, That's I really started really paying attention to what you were you were doing. Well, you really helped me navigate through a lot of my ups and downs with going from you know not being vocal and not being seen to mm-hmm. stepping into the possibility of what this could be and and things like mm-hmm. that. So it's been really really fun and, and challenging in, in all the hard ways. So I'm just glad that you stuck with me, <laughs> and now we're Absolutely. sitting here talking, and I consider you one of my closest friends. So it's just really really cool that we're able to to do that and to navigate it and go through this journey together. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for telling me that. That's really funny. (laughs) I wish this big mouth has always gotten me into trouble. I mean, I can only stay (laughs) hidden for so long and then I have to get out there and talk about something. But, you know, the the same way that like healing and trauma and cannabis and and psilocybin and different things Mm -hmm. light a fire within you, I kind of feel like it's a responsibility when you know something works so well to let other people know. And absolutely. That's, that's really been my reason for starting for continuing and Mm -hmm. and for trying to get more knowledge. I mean, Mm -hmm. like you said earlier too, question everything, but stay open to the possibility that you could be right or wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what this is all about. It is. And, you know, that was a big, uh, that was kind of like the big turning point really for how I even came into the can. I don't know, the cannabis space, but. Yeah, it's such a weird thing to navigate. Like we all just became friends through, I mean, through Jessie, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Through her platform. I mean, yeah, through her platform. Yeah. 
I hate to do this, but I have to I go. I know you have a client. No, it is all good. It's fine. Well, yeah, we'll cut it. We'll come back. And I love you guys. Thank you for holding space with me today and for being here and sharing. And I love you guys. We will all talk soon. Okay. Thank you so we'll much. Anna. We hope you enjoyed getting to know Dana this week. To join in on the conversation with us, follow along on social media by searching at Have the Convo and click around our links to find ways that you can be involved. Talk soon.